taking in my my wonderful uncle. I'm moving today, and uh, my uncle uh, came through to help me move. And if y'all, if anybody who's moved, y'all know how hectic that can be. Right, so. right. Understand it. And it was last minute because I was supposed to be moving on Sunday. Right. And then it changed to Tuesday, the day that I have the interviews oh, that we've been trying to schedule for like months now. So yeah. my apologies, fellas. Oh, man. It's I all good, man. You've been helping us out, man. So thank you. Of course. Of course, man. I'm honored, man. I appreciate you guys for, you know, wanting me to come on, man. So Most definitely. Yeah, looking forward to it. We'll get into it, but like I said, man, you you one of the legends that I grew up watching, man. So like I said. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. No problem. Uh, so this is so my name is Antonio. This is my guy, uh, DJ Aaron, man. So DJ Aaron, what's up, man? Hey, man, I'm gonna correct Tony on this, man, because he messed this up one more time, bro. I'm gonna slap this. Dude. I've been knowing for 25 years. <laughs> wow. He, he calls me DJ, which is cool, but then he called yeah. me Aaron. I'm like, bro, it's Aaron. Aaron is the DJ. <laughs> so you don't put the DJ on there, Aaron. yeah. Just hook me up, bro. Hook me up. Yeah, right, he, right. He's still taking personal. He's still taking. It's, it's still personal, bro. Half not, business, half personal. That's dope, though. That's come man. Twenty-five years of friendship, though. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, man. Um. So, um, we'll go ahead and get started whenever you're ready. You, you good? I'm. I'm ready. Yep. Yep. I told okay. my aunt, get, like, give me a minute so I can okay. do my interview and yeah, let's be good to go. Thank All right, you. let's do it. Yo, this is the A-Square Podcast, your boy DJ A-Ron, alongside my brother Cornbread. Antonio, how you doing today, bro? I'm good, man. What's up, world? How y'all doing? Man, I think the world is, uh, we, we gonna come together on the, on the, on the 3rd, bro, of November. <laughs> <laughs> One way or the other. It's a happy moment right now. You know, 2020 been ugly, man, but um, I think we need to reach out to a legend on here, man, especially a childhood okay. legend. Wow. I know... At least for me growing up, man, it was a couple couple childhood actors I looked up to and I was like, man, I want to hang out with them. I know oh, I know it was Tia and Tamara, for sure. Yeah. I knew it was Michael Tolkien. I knew it was the guy from Smart Guy. What's that guy name? Todd. Todd. Yeah. And that's yeah. actually Tia and Tamara's brother. Oh, that, yeah. right. Yeah. They a couple of those. Yep. Then, obviously, our guest today, man, Brandon Hammond, man. Welcome to the Square Podcast, man. Appreciate that introduction, man. Um, it's an honor being on here. Um, I know we've been trying to trying to link for for a couple months now, but uh, that's a dope. I mean, when anybody calls me a legend, man, it's humbling. It's very humbling. And what's really cool is um, I grew up with T and Tamir and Todd. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy. so you know, it's kind of like a, a fraternity. You know what I mean? Uh, of actors, especially child actors, uh, growing up, man. But I appreciate that intro. We got you on here now. How they doing? You know how they doing? How you doing? They they're doing well, man. Um, you know, everybody is wanting twenty twenty to be over with. <laughs> you know, but they're doing yeah, they're doing great. You know, Tamira, she had the show, uh, the real that she was on. Um, and then uh, and then um uh Taj, he had a show called Baby Daddy on ABC Family a couple years ago. And Tia, she has a show on Netflix now called Family Reunion. Okay. Nice. Yeah, so they're doing great. Yeah, they're doing they're doing really well. That's great, man. Um, so like Antonio was saying, man, definitely one of our childhood uh, people that we looked up to. Um, I'm just going to kick it straight out, man. Just be all the way honest with you, bro. Tales from the hood. We got to go there first, bro. <laughs> We're going to Tales from the hood. And the reason why I'm doing it is because we had this movie on repeat. 
Okay. So wow. not only was it what was it scary, but it was mad funny. I don't even think none of the stuff in there was supposed to be funny. Right. But it's legendary right, moments right. in there, bro. So so talk to us about the character in Tales from the in Tales from the Hood and um and what went down with that. Well, it's funny, man. Tells from, you, and you know what? Tells from the Hood was scary. It was funny, but it also had messages in there. Yeah. If you guys, if you guys think about all four stories, dealt with police brutality, yep. child abuse, uh, black on black crime, um, and racism. You know, um, so um, it's funny because I got Tales from the Hood when I was with, believe it or not, Lee Daniels. Lee Daniels of um, Empire, who created Empire, executive producer of Empire, I should say. And he also directed uh, the movie Precious. He was actually managing uh, actors at the time. And I was his client. And that was the first audition that I did with him. Um, and I booked it. Um, and it was just an unbelievable experience, man. I mean, you think about it. My dad was David Allen Greer. Yeah. Who is... Right. Hilarious. Hilarious. Um, and Paula J. Parker was with my mom. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, yeah, and uh, Joe Torrey was in it. Clarence yep. Williams III. Um, I mean, you had a lot of legends. A lot of legends in that film. Um, um, and it was... It's funny because Spike Lee, I don't know if you guys know, he executive produced Tales from the Hood. Yep. But I, yeah, but I never got the opportunity to, uh, to meet him because he, he wasn't on set. But um, it was a great experience, man. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's great looking back on that film because it didn't do great in the box office at the time. But a lot of people would call it a cult classic. At the Absolutely. Point. 100%. You know? Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, like when you say the hidden, the hidden messages, it's, it's like, um, it's like Tales from the Hood 2. I was telling people when the second one came out, like, bro, do y'all see this? Like, this is yeah. this speaking on everything that's going on. You know what I'm saying? I, was, was it good? I haven't seen yes. it, man. Was, yes. was it good? Yes. Yes. Okay. It was, I gotta it check was, it out. It was really good. And, I, you know, it's one of those things where I was hesitant on even watching right. it because, you know, when, when it's like if somebody tried to come out with Soul Food 2, you're not going to want to. You're not going to want to watch it, really. You know, don't want to touch it. You don't want to touch yeah. it. Especially Absolutely. if it's not the same people. Especially right, if right. Yeah. And that's the thing with tells, right? Was there weren't any uh, original members in the uh, second one, right? No. Okay. I don't that's think so. I can't. That you, I, I saw it a while ago. It, it was yeah. just. It was just really good, man. And uh, wow. So, so watching your character on Tales from the Hood. You know, I think that touched a lot of families too, man, because you know, um when when children are getting, you know, say getting them whooping right. or getting abused right. by right. you know what I'm saying, co parents or whatever it is, it, it creates trauma or it, it like their view of what's happening, we never see that from the child. Right. We only see that from the teachers or from the parents, you know what I'm saying, who's also involved, but we never get to hear that from the child. So when we're seeing that role that you played, right. being a child and having that, you know, saying that trauma, it was just amazing during that time, bro. Amazing. Absolutely. Job. Thank you, man. And yeah, you, I mean, you remember he, it was uh, Rusty, shout out to Rusty Kondice who um, directed it, wrote and directed the film. It was, 
an interesting um, perspective that he that he showed. Like, cause for the kid, uh, his dad was a monster. You know what I mean? Um, he was an abuser, um, and it, it was just. I thought it was just really dope the way he was able to kind of blend the horror of child abuse and show the perspective that this ten-year-old kid had, right? Um, which was of his, you know, of his dad being a monster. Right. When you ripped his leg off, took me <laughs> out, bro. When the leg came off, and David Allen yeah. Green said, "You little mother." Right, 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 right. <laughs> and it was so cool thing. to see to see David Allen Greer in something that look, my fingers all in the way, y'all. <laughs> um, right, to see David Allen Greer doing something against type, because you know we all know David from uh, In Living Color. Absolutely. You know, and he's a comedian and funny guy. So to see him playing, you know, basically a, 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 an asshole, you know, if I may look <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, you good. Yeah, you know, so it was, uh, you know, shout out to David Allen Greer, man. Absolutely. Um, so, Brandon, what we do on our show, man, with all our guests, and actually, congratulations, you're our 20th guest, man. Yeah, thank man. you. Hey, uh, that's an honor, man. Appreciate you, that's man. That's what's up. When, when, you guys, when did you guys start the uh, um, Last year, May. So, so we're about a year and like a couple Congratulations, months. man. Thank congratulations. you. Congratulations. 20th uh, guest, man. So what we always do with our guests, man, we let them tell the listeners a little bit about themselves. So kind of like where you grew up, you know, if you took acting classes or how that worked <laughs> or whatever you like. Oh, that's that's perfect, especially too. Like, with, like with my uncle, with him being uh, around. Um, so, I'm originally from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Shout out to Baton Rouge, my family. Man, they they show me so much love um, whenever I come back, go back to visit. Um, I started acting when I was five. My mom, um, you know, God rest her soul, um, she got me in in the business. Man, um, she was single mom um, from Louisiana. She moved to California on an internship. Um, and the, it's funny because the way my aunt tells the story is that my mother was going to leave me with my grandmother in Louisiana because financially it was difficult for her to try to, you know, raise me off on, on, on her own because my father, you know, wasn't around. My aunt begged her to uh, let her come get me. Because my aunt went back to Louisiana to visit and she was like, please let me bring Brandon back with me. She's like, all right, uh, my auntie's name is uh, Dolores. Uh, and I call her Didi. She said, all right, Didi, you have to help me with him though. You know, if you help me with him, you can bring him back. And, you know, she did. And then she started hearing a lot of people just talk about how much personality I had. Um, they said I have these big eyes, like that, like <laughs> really speak to people. Like a lot of people, when they recognize me, they say it's all here, right? They see it all up in the, in the mm -hmm. eyes. Um, so I started off um, in background work as an extra. Started off doing background work, um, and then it was on the set of Gabriel's Fire, which mm -hmm. was a show that James Earl Jones had at the time. One of the actors didn't show up. It was like a kid. He had like one line. He just had to say something really quick. But the way SAG works, and I hope I'm, am I running on too long, y'all? No, you good, man. Go ahead. Okay, cool. cool. Okay. Your show. Your show. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so the way it works is you have to get in the union. In order to get in the union, though, you have to get vouchers. 
you know? So it's kind of like one of those chicken or the egg things, right? Which comes first? Like, so in order to be in Zag, you have to get in the union. But in order to get in the union, you have to do union work. But if you're a non-union actor, it's hard to do union work. You know what I mean? Right. So it's real, you know, it, it's really kind of difficult to get in. But what happened was this kid didn't show up. The producers were scrambling to find a little black boy that could just say one line. Lo and behold, I was there. It was they asked my mom if I could say this one line. I said it. That um that made it that made me eligible to get in the union. Once that happened, I started doing commercials. Uh, my first commercial was a Chevrolet commercial. Then I did a McDonald's commercial, Pringles commercial, Apple Jacks, Nike, stuff like that. The first movie that I did was Minutes of Society. Right. That was the first film that I did as Young King. Um, and then the rest, man, as they say, is, is history, you know? Um, so I, I tell people my story is very unique. You know, that doesn't happen. To, to most um, in the business, but um, I definitely think that, you know, obviously I don't remember what my mindset was at five, but I, I can imagine it was being prepared, right? Like I was ready right. for the moment, you know what I mean? Ready for the moment. So when I was asked to say a line, I stepped up and, and, and said it. Nice. So what are, what are um, growing up, you know, being an actor and playing in classic movies, obviously, what are some of the changes that you've seen over the years to where you just, you just, you can see the change? Like it wasn't like that back, back then, but now it's totally different now. Like what are some of the changes? Mm, that's a great question. That's a great question. You know what? I think the, the, the biggest change is just the access, the access to, to being put on, if that makes sense. Because now, like, there are so many, like, different platforms and different ways of getting noticed. You know what I'm saying? Like, like so social me, media and stuff like that? Exactly, exactly. So, like, for me, I grinded out. I was an extra for, like, a year and a half. And some people might, you know, I know some people might laugh at that because I know some people who are extras for years you know, and they don't, they haven't gotten their break yet. But um, that was a more, in my opinion, traditional way of breaking in, right? You, you kind of work your way up, start off as an extra. Like I had, the role that I had was the little boy running across the street, the little boy playing on the, 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 the handlebars or the, the swing set, you know, on the playground, you know, feature background stuff, the, the kid in the classroom. So that was kind of like my way in. And a lot of, actors um did that you know that's how you kind of get your vouchers because believe at the time it was you needed six vouchers to to uh become uh sag eligible but now you make a video that goes viral right you got a name you know and people want to know who you are and it leads to opportunities like i'm hearing about guys who are you guys know influencers right like Instagram yeah influencers. yeah these guys are getting offers from like these big corporations like Sprite, Coke, and place like, places like that for five and six figure deals when I had to audition for that stuff. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to go out on audition and it was a blessing to get a national spot. Now 
if you have any kind of influence on the internet, you, uh, you know, you're an, an influencer and um, that's kind of like your, your calling card and your way in and you're being, you're getting offers now because of that. So the biggest difference I would say is the access to being put on, the access to the industry. There's just so many different ways of, of being able to do so. But with that said, it also can water down the market, right? right. So you also have to do things to stand out because right. there's so many platforms and different mm -hmm. ways of getting on. So. Yeah, man. Got you. Um, so you're in the movie. Like I said, I'm not even gonna call it. It's a classic to me, man. It's not a hood classic. It's not any of that, bro. It's it's something that, uh, that. for sure in minorities. If we talking about soul food, right? Like that's yes, sir. to me that that movie that movie still holds up to the end of time now. You know, and yeah, ninety-seven, I think. 96, 97? 97, yeah. 97. And you were and you were in there with some heavy hitters, man. You know, heavy hitters. <laughs> Williams. Yeah. Uh, um, Did you, you say Little Fox? Me along. Vivica A. Fox, yeah. Vivica A. Fox, right. But that A, right. Vivica A. Fox. Yeah, Vivica A. Fox. And you had other artists in there, like you know, Casey and JoJo, all of them. But yeah, baby face. To me, the movie centered around you though. Like that's the weirdest like from your perspective. So how did it feel, number one? How did you have to audition for that movie, um, you know, taking on that big role? And, and, you know, what was the outcome of it? Did you feel like you were strong in it? You could have did better? Like what? Talk us through that. Man, uh, it's funny because I just had, uh, I have a, uh, I guess you call a podcast that I do as well. And I had George Tillman, the writer, director. Oh, talking about what's your podcast? On. Yeah, man. Oh, thank you, man. It's, it's called Along the Way. And it's kind of cool because it actually um, is a show in which I talk to uh, prominent individuals in the industry that I've worked with um, that have uh, positively impacted my career, both uh, professionally and personally. So I'll have different guests on. Like I had the cast of Blue Hill Avenue on um, a, a couple months ago. Um, I had Ernest Dickerson, uh, writer and director of Juice, okay. yep. uh, who I did a film with as well on there with George. Um, I had Vivica on there. You can contact. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right, right, right. Absolutely. Um, so um, I, I, I was just talking to George about, about Soul Food. And it's funny because 20th Century Fox, they initially wanted to market the film as Three Sisters, right? Which, you know, for obvious reasons. You got Vanessa Williams and right. Mia Long. Um, but when they did the test screening, um, the audience fell in love with Ahmad, with, with my character. So, and, and it's funny because in the original trailer, um, my name wasn't even mentioned initially, but um, after like test screens and uh, kind of like, you know, uh, uh, I guess second thinking, you know, they, they went back and, and thought, thought about it. Um, they ended up including my name in the trailer. Um, and I actually, George Tillman saw me in a film I did with Wesley Snipes and Robert De Niro called The Fan. The Fan, yeah. Yep, yep. And he saw that film and was like, yo, that's Amon. You know, he had said he was, he wrote the, 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 the movie and was looking for the perfect kid because this was actually like a, a biography of his life um, in many ways. So, you know, he wanted, you know, the, the right kid. 
and saw the fan and wanted to, to link up and, and meet me. And what was dope about George is I didn't audition right away. Like the first time I met George was at my uh, Pee Wee football game. He just wanted to get to know me as a kid. As a, as a kid. So he came to my football game. Uh, we went to Roscoe Chicken and Waffles. <laughs> um, and then the audition, if you want to call it that, was at um, uh, LaFace Records. And it was me and George and one other person, I believe, in the room. Um, and I read three scenes, um, including one scene that was cut from the film that I had with my dad. It was a, um, a really dope scene that I had um, with my father that what ended up getting cut. But um, after that, I was offered the role, like, two days later. Like, I read three scenes for George. Three days later, I uh, got the offer, man. And as you said, man, I, I honestly, man, Soul Food changed my life. I can honestly say that. Like, that film, like you said, I've, I've been blessed to be in a, a bunch of uh, really dope films, but I, I recognize that Soul Food is the film that most people associate with my career, you know? Right. Now, yeah. ha having said all that, um, <clears throat> I listened to a interview with Will Smith not too long ago, and he broke down the scene, you know, when his father left him, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and he was like, I don't need this, you know what I'm saying? I don't need him. And it was like a very emotional scene, right? Yeah. So he had to break that down to where um, James had to like help him find his inner self to 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 get that out. You know what I'm saying? To get like the best the best of himself out, right? So yeah. you had an iconic scene too in the movie, obviously, when you had to address everybody in the room. Right. And right. you were how old at that time? I was. So it came out in 97, did it in 96, 95, 96. I was 11, 12. So you're 11, 12 years old, and yep. you have to do this scene. And it, there's not a time that goes by that I don't watch that movie. That I don't get emotional because those are real tears, bro. Like, those are not. Right. right. And if they are fake tears, they did a damn good job doing it. Did a damn it. good job. Huh? <laughs> so at, at 11, it, 12 years old, how do you find that energy to get wow. that emotion out? You know what I'm saying? How do you Great do question. that? Great question, man. Honestly, uh, I think about people I love um, being in those situations. So, for instance, I cried twice, right, in the film. Mm -hmm. Once was basically when I, what do they call it, when I was reading my family, when you know they say, oh, he read you, right? Yeah. Uh, so I was basically letting my family have it. The other time was when Big Mama got her leg cut off. Oh, hey, yeah. Right. Yeah. So that scene in particular, man, I thought about my mom. Um, I thought about my grandmother, people who I love, my aunt, you know, if that were them. Um, you know, my mom, my mom and I are extremely close. You know, she's my manager, the reason why I got into the, the business, you know what I mean? Um, so when you think about someone like that being in a position like that, the tears just just flow. And and you know, I've been it's funny because nowadays I can kind of turn it on and off, like 
tears. Like I actually now can mm-hmm. just a bit easier than before. It was like an exhaustive yeah. just energy. Like, you know what I mean? You you can yeah. imagine, right? Antonio um yeah. and Aaron, like just how emotionally draining that would be. That's like you say for an 11, 12 year old kid. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it was so great because George, man, he's, he's such a great actor and director, man. And he was like, I remember doing those scenes where he was like, be whenever you're ready, you know, you know, you let us know, you know. Right. And I would, he said, he was like, give me a thumbs up, you know, when you're ready. And he allowed me that, man. So you have to like t- tap into it. Yeah. Before the scene is ready to go. And then yeah. they say, okay, action. And then yes. that's, that's exactly when it, it, it happened. So it's like I'm prepping and I'm, I'm basically in my space. There's typically no one around. And it's like in my moment, and I'll just thumbs up. And that's when he'll say, all right, roll camera, you know, you know, sound rolling, camera rolling, action, and then just, you know, balling, you know. Right. Tears, tears just come. They just flow. Right. So, um, like you said, so that movie came out in 97. So yeah. we, we were right behind you in age. You know, I was born in 86, man. So Oh, wow. 80s baby. 80s baby, baby. Uh, 85, right? 85, right here. Oh, 80, <laughs> look, 84, 85, 86, go. man. That's dope. So, so it's a couple movies, man, that I saw early that I wasn't supposed to see, bro. So, like, you know, it hit me early. What's so, that? What's that? So Players Club, you okay. know, that came out in, like, 97, yeah. 98. I'm, yeah. I'm 11, 12. I don't know what I'm watching. Right, right. Um... Uh, baby boy, yes, that came out. You know when when he hitting the froggy little girl. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm watching. We <laughs> watching that, bro. No froggy, the froggy. And then That's obviously, the you know, with the sex yeah. scenes, and obviously, like uh, yeah. with the grandma because of yeah. other stuff like yeah. that, right? So these are great movies to go and watch as an adult because I fully understand it. Right, and that's the thing too. People don't uh, not to cut you off, uh, but people don't realize that Sofa was rated R. Like you said, right. that's, right. that's an adult film. Yeah, this was this was back in the blockbuster days when you know right. your parents watching and you can't sneak in the room. But I was right, like, right. 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 So, yeah. So yeah. that's what I was gonna ask you. I mean, like as a kid, are you fully understanding the whole movie, or do you have to like go back and watch it later? Like, how does that as a as an actor, especially, do you get to see the whole movie as it goes? It's funny because I've, I've, the films I've been, like most, a lot of the films I've done were adult movies, right? Menace, The Fan, Soul Food, Tales from the Hood. Yeah. These are all. Which we don't give all. enough, we don't give enough credit to The Fan, by the way. Yeah. Like yeah. how great you know that movie was, bro. Man, thank you so much, man. Great. It's so funny because I even sleep on The Fan. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> like I sleep on the van, like and and I'm, I'm somewhat amazed uh, with how many people love that film. Yeah, you know, and obviously when you talk about legends, I mean Wesley Snipes, Robert De Niro, it don't get you know any more legendary than those guys, right? Um, but it's funny. So first, I tell you, the first movie I did was Menace, right? If you remember that, um, um, you guys there? Yeah, yeah, we with you. Oh, okay, okay, um, It's if you remember the scene I had was drinking the beer, right. and I said, "What the is that?" Right. <laughs> so at the time, I am eight, <laughs> and when I tell you, it was so nerve wracking because you know I, you don't curse in front of your mama, right? Right. Um, especially right. At, at eight years old, you know what I mean? I wasn't even cursing. Period. You know what I mean? So yeah. It was like, I remember for rehearsals, always like 
what the you know until it was time to actually you know do it and i definitely don't think i knew at the time you know because like even certain scenes like the scene in minutes right when uh sam jackson uh shoots the guy right that so i wasn't there for that you know uh for you know i had to cheat basically my look my eye line um alan albert hughes the directors they would say all right brandon your dad shoots the guy okay give me a surprise you know give me a surprise look the guy falls down right here you know you you see blood and you know blah blah blah. so that's all just having to imagine you know and, and a lot of those films you know, I couldn't see, like, I couldn't go to the premiere, too. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. Except for Soul Food. Soul Food I did. Uh. And I want to say, I think for Tales I did as well. But, like, Menace didn't go, uh, you know, to, to that. That's an extremely violent film. And, yeah. so you're right. You right. know, eight-year-olds eight year shouldn't be watching that, probably, I'm sure, you know, so. Okay. It's still stuff I catch right now, you know, in, in, in these films, you know what I'm saying? You catch it like years later, like you just catch yes. on something like, oh, so that's what was going on. So right, I can only imagine right. you going back and watching these. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yourself just like, oh, remember that's what they were doing? Right, right, <laughs> right. Exactly, exactly. I want to I ask you this, because I think it's, it's, it's important nowadays. Um, is there somebody out there that's iconic that you would want to do a biopic with, uh, on or a documentary you want to play as somebody if there's somebody you honor like you would really like to be um this person in the film you know what's funny <laughs> this person i wouldn't say that i've wanted to but i've heard like there have been like articles and people have always mentioned me as uh someone who could play Tupac. It's it's really weird. Yeah, like right, it's right. It's weird because I don't think I look like Tupac, but <laughs> you know, maybe look maybe it's the, the nose ring, I don't know, but the uh, but for, you know for some reason like people uh have said that. Um but hey, hair but, hair and makeup hair and makeup could hook you up bro right right it's, it's amazing right it's amazing right um you know what? I would love to see a biopic of this person, um, just because I revere them and they're just amazing to me. But I definitely couldn't play them. Uh, Stevie Wonder, I would love to see wow. his biopic done. Um, yeah, Stevie Wonder. Uh, Stevie won't be dope, man. And I Stevie think Wonder. it's always good to give people their uh, their jewels um, while they're alive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Gregory Hines. Yes, you know what? That's always perfect. My uncle mentioned Gregory Hines. Gregory Hines. Oh, oh, really? Yes. Oh, man, that's a great mention. Yes, Gregory Hines. um, You guys know I did the Gregory Hines show with him. I don't know if you right? I I played his son. Rest in peace, Gregory. Yes, I would would love for there to be a biopic of Gregory Hines. Nice. Gregory Hines, just an uh, unbelievable dope. guy, legend, right? I mean, because you would, you, you know how many, like, so I can I tell you guys a quick story about Gregory Hines? Go ahead, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So we're doing, um, and I'm 12, 13 when I did the Gregory Hines show, right? 
one of the greatest experiences of my life. I got to meet the fabulous uh, Wendell Pierce too um, at the time, you know, from The Wire and uh, Waiting to Excel and uh, <clears throat> Trim A um, on HBO. But Gregory, uh, he, we, he took me to my first concert, right? With Luther, Luther Vandross concert. Big Luther or Little Luther? So we're sitting like front row, y'all, like, because he knows, you know, Luther, Gregory knows Luther. So I'm like, wow, man, like, that's dope. Gregory knows him. So we're in, he's in the middle of his show, and Luther says, hey, um, yeah, you guys, and this was at the amphitheater in LA. And I don't know if you guys, are, where you guys at? Um, I'm in Atlanta. Oh, hey. the A. Yeah, and I'm just south of Chicago in Champaign, Illinois. Hi town, okay. That's what's up. But I, I love both. You know, we did soul food in Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, Atlanta, man. I got family there, and I just uh, visited uh, last year, which is uh, I love, and it's becoming like the Black Hollywood. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, so um, so uh, L.A. the uh, amphitheater, huge stadium. He's like, you guys have a special guest um, that I want to bring up for this next song. So like, cool, I wonder who he's going to bring up. And he's like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Gregory Hines to the stage. And Gregory like gets up from the seat next to me <laughs> and goes on stage with Luther Vandross. And I did not know that he is on that he's on the song Here and Now with Luther. Oh, wow. You know the, you know the song Here and yeah. Now? Yeah, 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 I'm like, yeah, of course. That, like, I didn't know like that that was Gregory Hines. So I say all I can say why that's a great mention from my uncle because you would have to get into Gregory's tap dancing bag, singing bag, acting bag. Like, you would have to just like telling that story would encompass so many different things. So, man, that was a great mention that my uncle had there with Gregory Hines. So Gregory Hines and Stevie Wonder would be. Two biopics that I would love to see. It's your boy DJ A-Ron, and you rocking with the A-Squared Podcast. To the listeners out there, we got our 20th uh, interviewer, man, our 20th guest, and we appreciate him so much, man. Brandon Hill. Thank what's you, up, man. Um, so I know earlier, man, I brought up, um, like I said, Tia Tamara. I brought up Macaulay Culkin. You could think put the Olsen twins in there. It's a lot of, Absolutely. A lot of actors that I grew up with watching, right, on different TVs and different shows. Um, if you don't mind talking more about, let's say the contracts on how that works, you know, maybe as an adult and how does that differ from being a minor, you know, cause that's a little bit different you know, with yeah. money. Um, you could do certain things, can't say certain things, travel and all that. So if you don't mind talking about, you know, those different things. Definitely. Well, um, so as you know, as a child actor, if you're under the age of 18, you know, you consider it a child actor, uh, there's schooling that you have to get done. So I was, you know, like my family can tell you, I was in and out of school a lot, Um, you know, traveling to different, you know, films, uh, TV shows, things like that. But you are required by law to do at least three hours of schooling on set each day. So each day you're working, uh, the, you know, producers, the company, they have to work that out. There's always a social worker there. Um, sometimes, a lot of times they're one and the same. The teacher and the social worker are one and the same. Sometimes they can have two separate people for, uh, you know, both titles, but typically they're one and the same. Um, and as far as contracts go, you know, like I was really blessed, fortunate to kind of like 
make, I guess, that upper echelon of actor, of child actors. So I had certain, uh, a quote, right? Like I had a quote, you know, as, as opposed to when I first started, you know, I was getting, you know, SAG scale or yeah. SAG minimum. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you, you know, are in a game for a while and you, you, you know, uh, accumulate a certain level of success, you're then able to negotiate um, you know, your, your, your rate, as they call it, you know? Um, and a lot of times, your rate will be like, okay, I got this for the last film I did, you know? Yeah. So now I can ask for double that, you know, yeah. or um, at least that, you know, going into the next film. Um, and then one thing that I learned too, as far as negotiation goes, you have to negotiate everything down from the, the money you make to when your name appears on the screen. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to negotiate that. I, I didn't realize that my name being in the trailer result to that was actually something my agent was supposed mm-hmm. to negotiate. So technically, uh, Fox didn't have to to accommodate that, um, but you know they were they were you know dope enough to to do that you know to actually put my name in the Soul Food trailer. But negotiations a lot of times are no different than they are for adults, except just the stipulations. Um, about schooling and by the way as a child actor for any parent that wants to get their kid in the game or any child that wants to get in the game um, you have to maintain at least a C average to act Um, I'm not sure if that's gone up um, but I know when I was acting um, the requirement was at least a C average um, in order to act Um, but yeah I was blessed that my mom was my manager, you know? So I never had to worry about any shadiness going on. I always knew that my mother had my best interest at heart. You know what I'm saying? So very, very blessed in that regard. Good. So, um, you know, out of all the roles that you played in um, the films, everything, aside from Soul Food, what was your favorite role? Probably, it's a couple. Okay. Probably the Gregory Hines show. Mm-hmm. Definitely because, and it's funny, again, I was talking to my uncle about, about the fact that I got to work with someone like Gregory Hines, who is a legend um, as well. And I, and I was blessed to work with a lot of legends, right? Um, but with Gregory, man, um, it was really like a father-son relationship. And I also, I developed friendships on doing Gregory Hines' show that I still maintain today. Like with Wendell Pierce, um, with Nat Bernstein, the writer uh, and co-creator of, mm-hmm. of the Gregory Hines' show. Um, so... That was a really special time, something that I am incredibly grateful for. Uh, and I would also say Blue Hill Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was also uh, one of my favorites because I went against type, right? You know, most people are, are used to seeing me in a certain kind of role. Right. And in that movie, I was playing a 
a gangster who did really bad things. So it was just kind of cool going against type a bit, um, showing, you know, people that I had range, you know, to my to my acting ability. Um, and also uh, with that, that film, um, I uh, met two of my best friends. Um, you know, two, two of the guys, uh, W.B. Alexander and Percy Daggs that I did the film with, um, they're still two of, two of my best friends today. Um, and we're actually doing some stuff behind the scenes now. Um, we're writing, creating, producing, things like that, so. You, you, uh, you played a, a role in a, a basketball movie too, didn't you? Didn't you play a role in a, ba a basketball movie? A little, a, little, a little role, yeah. A little role oh, in a basketball yeah, movie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah a, little, a little role. You guys might have heard of him, you know, uh, Michael, Michael Jordan. Thanks, man. All right. <laughs> okay, okay. And, so, and you know what? That, I'm, it's funny, I'm glad you mentioned that, because that was definitely right up there, too. Like, it was just being able to say, you know, Mike, Michael Jordan had the commercial Be Like Mike. I got to meet him. Yeah, that's a fact. Now, now, here's the thing, though. Are you are you really a basketball fan, though? Come on, man. Come on, come on. <laughs> hey, dude, come so, on. Being from so LA, we, we know you in LA right now. But I need to know come what si I need to know what side of the border you on with this. Oh man, <laughs> because come on. you better yeah. not say the wrong team. Yeah, come on now. You can't. Yeah, man. I I I'm ble I believe purple and gold, man. I believe purple and gold, man. Like, come on, man. Two of my all-time favorite players, you know, Magic and Kobe. Um, and I can't even forget Cap, you know, Kareem, man. That, yeah. You know, it's you know, there's there's only one look, there's only one one side as far as I'm concerned. Talk you to know me. what I mean? Yeah, there's only so, one side so as far as I'm concerned. I'm gonna say it like yeah. this. How did you feel? When the Clippers got eliminated. <laughs> you know what's funny? I actually was disappointed because I actually yeah. wanted the Battle of L.A. Yeah. I did. I wanted, you did it? I no. It's, look, it's <laughs> easy. Look, don't get me wrong. It's an easier path to the, to the title, you know, now that they've been, been you know, uh, dispersed, if you will. But <laughs> I wanted that Battle of L.A., man. I, I want, like, look, no matter what, Clipper fans are gonna be saying, "Well, y'all didn't have to go through us." You know, they gonna talk they mess, even though it means nothing, right? Because they at home right. watching. But right. I just wanted to be able to officially, officially say, say we got like, them out the way. Yes, right. Because yeah. there was a lot of chitter chatter during the regular season. You know, they won two, we won two, but it was like, oh, well, you know, we wasn't even playing our best guys and this guy. All these hurt, excuses, this, right? Excuses, right. So if they had met in the Western Conference final, there could be no more excuses, right? Put up or shut up. Right. You're right. Put up or shut hey, up. My, my day was just magnificent, bro. I, I Listen, after they lost, I slept good. I took the next day off. I didn't get no bills in the mail that the next day. I was feeling good, bro. So for me, I was feeling good, bro. I, I, I was good with them being kicked out. Jesus. You still with us? He paused just a second ago. Mm -hmm. And now I'll let you uh, finish out. Yeah, yeah, I was on my last one. 
Tupac's, um, do you guys remember in the early 90s when he shot two um, off-duty police officers yeah. that were brutalizing an unarmed black man? Yes. Right. So in our film, um, it's about a kid from South LA who uh, witnesses uh, two officers brutalizing an unarmed black man, um, and he comes to uh, help. Um, and in the midst of this, uh, the gunshots go off and different things happen, and he actually uh, comes away unscathed. Um, and he realizes that he is impervious to white supremacy. Like, so he's like allergic to white supremacy. Yeah. So that's wow. his superpower. Yeah. He ends up finding out that he's, so he kind of just goes on this quest to realizing his power, if you will, and uh, uses it for hey, good. Take, take my money now. I don't know. Yeah, right. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, I, I need to I, see I your review. Thank you, man. I, I can't wait to refilm this. And 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 show it to the world, really, because it's timely and it's it's a story that that where it's you know like we we sometimes we we get these stories and they're just they're draining, right? I talk about emotionally draining. They take a lot out of you, but this is actually a story you can root for, and and you 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 would leave the theater like happy and proud of, of what you just saw. Nice. Well, when you when it when it releases, man, uh, I would like us to be there. So you let us know when no, it's gonna I, happen, and yeah, we we gonna come because we regular support just like we have for absolutely. years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely, I appreciate we'll that. Do man. that. And then I was telling you a little bit about uh, the podcast right. that yeah. I have called Along the Way. Uh, mm -hmm. We also have another podcast that we do called Conversations with, um, and that is. Uh, it's, I mean, essentially, kind of, it's in the title. We have conversations with um, different people from different walks of life, um, uh, and it's all about uplifting, um, you know, the black community. And um, like, for instance, we had one episode called "The Black Delegation," where we had uh, Wendell Pierce on, Sean King, um, nice. and a few other really, really dope individuals. Um, so, um, yeah, we, we got a, another podcast called Black Quarantine Love that, uh, me and Jenny. No, I heard, I heard about that. <laughs> yeah, man. I heard about that. Yeah, we got, we got that. Um, we actually, too, just got our first offer for a script we, we, uh, a show we created, um, called The Best of It with, Wendell Pierce and Nat Bernstein uh, of the Gregory Hines show okay. um, on as executive producers and a creator as well. Um, but we got our first option deal um, offer to us. Um, so we're kind of like in the middle of negotiations with them for that. So, you know, your boy is doing, doing a lot, man. You know, like it. definitely great, just man. staying as busy as I can. And safe as I can too during this pandemic, bro. Yeah, most well, definitely. Um, yeah. Well, listen, man. Um, that's all I have. Antonio, did you have anything else for him? I mean, that's it, man. Anything else you want to shout out? Or yeah, man, just shout out to you guys, man, and and, and the podcast. What you guys are doing, bro? Um, right. You know, I, I, I support. Um, I'm I'm all about supporting and uplifting, and I want to be able to say, yo, I was on y'all show before y'all blew up. 
Right. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's right. so yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know? Thank so you. when y'all blow, man, be like, you know what? We gotta have D back on, man, because he was yeah. one of the he was the twentieth, one of the day one. Yeah. All right, I think that's it, DJ. Hey, to the listeners out there, always keep your shoes by your feet.